Welcome to Jeff in Motion. Um, I'm a little flustered. I very nearly forgot to do this. Um, it was only as I was sitting down to listen and catch up on Thrilling Adventure Hour that I remembered, oh yeah, it's Friday, and I'm on my way home. I should really, uh, shit, I should, fuck, uh, I should record a podcast, <laughs> because, you know, I, that's kind of what I set out to do a few months ago. Episode 34, I think it is? I don't know, I don't know. I've actually got a bunch of, uh, little notes here as topics to talk about. A lot of them seem pretty passive-aggressive, though. I think I was angry or grumpy when I wrote a lot of these down. But I'm not feeling that way right now. So, I'll try and pick some of the uh, topics that are a little less uh, cranky, basically. Um, yeah. With the help of my lovely wife, I've been not cheating on the diet anymore. Um, it's been over a week now, maybe even, maybe close to two weeks? It's not terribly important. But my system is getting used to the diet again. And, um... One thing that I notice every time I end up actually being successfully on this diet is that there are a lot of subtleties in foods that I don't notice when I'm not on the diet. Like, just... And I don't know if it's a product of being hungrier than I used to be. And not giving in to that urge and only eating when I need to. Or if it is a product of, like, not constantly flooding my system with, like, super high sugar and starch foods and just overloading my system that I'm able to appreciate. The more uh, subtle flavors and things, but I'll tell you what, like... I've eaten the same thing for lunch at work for probably almost two years now. A salad, decent sized bowl, we're talking like three to four cups of greens, um, mostly romaine or mixed field green, Um, none of that iceberg shit. Iceberg, while delicious, it's a little decadent because there's no nutrition. It's just water, Um, basically. Like, it's not that iceberg lettuce is necessarily bad for you. It just doesn't really do anything for you. But I know, like, you know you've been a vegetarian for a while when spoiling yourself involves eating a wedge of iceberg lettuce. Because it's just... They at a local restaurant, they have a salad that is a wedge of iceberg lettuce with blue cheese dressing and bacon. 
I get it sans bacon, of course. And um, it is it, it is as decadent as if I were eating. I I don't I don't know. Uh, it's a, hmm, like maybe hot wings for someone or something. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a similar feeling. Because it's like it's salty and it's like it's just rich and crunchy and god damn it's good. But like back when I was eating a lot more things, I was eating sugars and starches way more often and meat. Like I couldn't derive that amount of pleasure from a lettuce wedge. And I don't know if it's just my body kind of evening out and being like, okay, this is what we enjoy, now let's fucking enjoy it. Or if it is, uh, like, just me being able to, cutting a lot of things out, me being able to appreciate things I were already there. But uh, back to my lunch salad. It's a... Excuse me, it's a bowl salad. salad, And uh, then I cut up two carrots and two radishes. And then... I put in three quarter cups of chickpeas, which are fucking great. And um, I, it used to be chickpea, half chickpeas, half kidney beans. But then as I was um, looking, as I got into this diet, I was looking into kidney beans or into the calorie content as I started counting calories of both and it turned out that the kidney beans were far lower calorie than the chickpeas so I basically just doubled the amount of chickpeas and cut out the kidney beans because my salad is my big meal of the day um three quarter cup of chickpeas is close to 500 calories like they're high calorie high protein they're just, they're great. They're, they are my meat substitute. Um, they get me the nutrients I need to keep going. And, like, also the fuel. Like, they're, they're high calorie. They're high fat. But they're the good fat. Like, it's all, like, they really are a super food. And then I will put garlic salt and balsamic vinegar on it. And, like, I've eaten the same meal for lunch at work. For the better part of two years, and when I I never enjoy it more than when I'm on my diet, and like I really love that salad. I mean, you kind of have to to have eaten it as much as I have, but just the it's excuse me the sourness of the vinegar. The saltiness of the garlic salt and garlickiness, um, the crunchiness of the vegetables, the sweetness of the carrots. Like, carrots do have a sweetness to them um, that I'm starting to notice that I don't notice before. Um, the the just spiciness of the radishes. Like, there's just so many subtle flavors that I just don't seem to get when I'm loading with sugar and carbs every day and um, and another time another moment that uh, this was coming up was last night I was having green beans and seitan which seitan is it's not so much a meat substitute but it is um, it's basically uh, Aislinn is 
found a recipe for a homemade meat substitute, which is, it's wheat gluten. It's the stuff that they don't put in bread, basically. And it is, like, it's very high protein. It's uh, fairly low calorie. Um, and when cooked correctly, I mean, it, it's not meat, guys. It isn't. But it is a reasonable facsimile that is still delicious, in my opinion. Um, it's, it's got a texture similar to tofu, a little more firm, but Aislinn mixes it up, mixes it up in, um, with some great spices and boils it in faux beef broth. And it really, it, it really hits the spot where like a steak would before. It isn't a steak. And it's not something trying really hard to be a steak. I know what it is. I am eating seitan. I am not eating, like, Morningstar Farms soy steak. And so, like, it doesn't have to be exactly like a meat. Because it, I'm not eating meat. I'm eating seitan. It's a different thing. And, um... Which I very much enjoy... And as Asa and I are kind of moving into a very hippy-dippy route, we're trying to, you know, if you look on the side of a box of, of food and you don't know what an ingredient is, we try to avoid it. And yeah, it cuts out a lot of stuff. Stuff I miss, like Oreos and things like that. And we're not so strict that we won't let ourselves break it every once in a while. But we want the 90% of the time we know exactly what we're eating. And I know I'm feeling healthier for it. I have a lot less digestive issues. But uh, basically, we want things with ingredients that are real food, you know? Like, though, I love science. Don't get me wrong. But when there's too much science in your food, um like, and like oddly worded things like uh, cellulose which is basically sawdust which is made to just make food more filling like it's just it's, it's boiled down it's sawdust and uh, like they're just things that go into your food and it is no secret that corn syrup is no good for you. Um, and so we're trying to, like, it is very rare I have something with corn syrup in it. Um, exceedingly rare if Aislinn does. Because, like, it's... I mean, well, let's put it this way. Like, we're one of the last nations that allow corn syrup to be an ingredient in food. Like, over in Europe, it's not a thing. Like, corn syrup is bad for you and addicting. Uh, I mean, you know, like, that's why people genuinely can't stop, like, snacking and whatnot, because it is, it's addicting. Uh, corn syrup, the thing that's in the majority of our fatty, awful foods, our fatty, sweet, 
foods, and corn syrup is in a lot of stuff. Um, so you've got to keep a watchful eye out for it. It's uh, no good. Oh, where, where was I? Hmm. But yeah. As of June, I've been a vegetarian for one year. And, um... I gotta say, it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. I don't really crave meat. Um, I crave some comfort foods. Like, I crave beef jerky. That was a comfort food for me. Um, which, seitan jerky might be possible. Anyway, that's... I don't know. And, um... Like, fast food was a comfort food. Like, Wendy's. There's... I mean, I could go get fries and a baked potato... Which doesn't sound like a bad idea. But most of the time, fast food's not really an option for you if you're a vegetarian. Not to a satisfying degree, anyway. Like, I could see getting a large fry as a snack, but that's not really a satisfying meal. And, like, it's not a bad thing to not get fast food. Um... Although one thing, I've made a very recent discovery that Taco Bell actually has a fairly large uh, portion of their menu that doesn't include meat. Like, any taco, any of the lots of varieties of tacos they have, you can swap out the meat for refried beans. And then they also have taco varieties that just don't have meat. Like, they, the, the potatoes they have which are really good, They you could just get those on a taco. And I'm like, well, shit. And um, so, like, I could get potato tacos. Um, I could get bean tacos. Uh, they've always had bean burritos. They've got, like, black bean burritos, which have rice in them. Like, as I was digging through Taco Bell's website today, I'm like, holy crap, there's actually a fairly large variety of Taco Bell food I can get. But that doesn't make it not Taco Bell food. (laughs) So, and that's the thing about, like, fast food versus food food, is fast food just has the convenience. Like, I could hit Taco Bell on my way home right now. I could do that. Well, okay, in like half an hour when I go buy it. And it would be quick, and it would be relatively inexpensive, but it would still be Taco Bell food, and it would still probably destroy me. Now, I'm fairly certain that a lot of the digestive issues that come from Taco Bell come from their very greasy taco meat. So, like, I don't know. I I mean, it's an experiment I want to try one of these cheat days. But, oh, wow, the truck in front of me just threw a McDonald's bag out of the window. What a dickhead. What a fucking dickhead. A uh, Chevy Silverado with the Pennsylvania license plate. YZJ 
4239. Fuck you, buddy. Fuck you. Littering. Who seriously fucking litters nowadays? Seriously. Anyway, Taco Bell. Um, I was talking to my wife the other day who is disgusted by the concept of Taco Bell in general, and she's not wrong. Um, people, they're, they're, you won't find many people that, are cl- that claim they love Taco Bell for the high quality of their food. Like, it's not, it's not the greatest quality food. We can all admit that. So she was kind of giving me like a, really, you're craving Taco Bell? And I was able to admit to her more that it's just like, no, I'm craving Mexican food right now. I want, you know, fucking guacamole, which has been a goddamn lifesaver um, lately because that's on diet and guacamole is the fucking best um, made with uh, put on chickpea burgers. Son of a bitch. Chickpeas come back again to just be goddamn great. But anyway, uh, and I was like, no, I just want like tacos and like, I've never been a huge fan of burritos, but uh, burritos and tacos and crunch and just uh, crunch wrap supremes aren't really a common Mexican food. That's kind of a Taco Bell only thing, but like just, and just the crunchy tortillas and the sauces and the guacamoles and the, the, like that, I'm craving that experience, the experience of Mexican food right now. And I have been for like a month and a half. And I, I feel that soon I'm going to scratch that itch. Aislinn isn't as big into Mexican food as I am. So I might have to find a, an excuse to just go out on my own and get some. Or not so much an excuse, an occasion, rather to go out and get some on my own. Either way. What else do I have in my list of tricks here? No, those are... Those are for when I'm in not as great a mood. I'll tell that one. Basically, I'm going to give you a rundown of how I found out and or how I lost my gallbladder, basically. Um, it would have been middle school that it started. I was having stress-induced stomach aches. Uh, they were very real and very painful and to the point where I was you know me and the middle school nurse were on a first name basis I'd be like hey Grace how you doing she'd be like you have another test I'd be like yep Uh, she's like you really can't come here and I'd be like I am actually in some pretty significant pain can I lay down I never asked to go home um, I did it in the beginning, but I, I was just going to the nurse's office too often. 
and we went to the doctor and she could see no reason that these stomach aches were happening um it was like stress was definitely the trigger but it was basically and the doctor and my father both were just like it's in your head it's all in your head you know just stop being in pain it's in your head and I you know I tried but that only stressed me out which would cause me pain so this went on for probably three years whenever I was stressed out my stomach would be in pain and it was getting slowly worse and worse over time and like I saw multiple doctors I saw um, alternate medicine like uh, homeopathic bullshit witch doctor kind of stuff I saw, um, like, doctors in a hospital, doctors in family practice. Everyone was pretty much the same. Eh, it's on your head. But eventually, eventually, um, I was given stomach x-rays to the point, because they just, I, I did not stop complaining of these stomach aches. And what they found out was it wasn't my stomach so much is like I do have acid reflux like that's a thing I have and so when I get stressed out my stomach does hurt but what was actually exacerbating the pain was the fact that my gallbladder was operating at only 4% of the of what it's supposed to and basically my gallbladder would just sort of spasm and cause me pain. And I was early teens, mid to early teens, and one of the youngest uh, people that the surgeon had ever taken the gallbladder out of. And they're, But they're just like, that's got to go. You're going to have to, that's got to go. And um, so what... Pardon me. So you know, it all, it all, all said and done. I, you know, make an appointment. To get my gallbladder out. I mean, I don't make it. My parents do. And I remember very specifically um, the getting ready for anesthesia process. I don't remember a whole lot here and there, but um, I was in a hospital bed, you know, hospital gown, all that, and uh, the anesthesiologist, uh, what, I was getting my gallbladder removed via laparoscopy, uh, which means that they put basically little robot arms and lasers in my stomach, or in my body cavity, and they laser out the gallbladder and um, so I've only got three little incision marks unlike my grandmother who had her gallbladder out too and she has got like a, a gigantic surgery scar like the length of her torso but no I've got just three little three little scars I completely forget about them most of the time 
and uh, I remember I'm put on. I'm about. I'm about to be put under, and this was back. I was still. I hadn't really gotten over my thing with needles, so I wasn't looking forward to that. And I was pretty freaking nervous because it was. I mean, I it was my first major surgery, my only major surgery, unless you count getting your wisdom teeth out. And um, I was pretty young for it. Not a lot of people have a major surgery at that point. And I mean, I, granted, it's not... Okay, it was uh, It wasn't a major surgery. It was an outpatient surgery. So, But it was major for me. Compared to all the stuff I had done. Like, I left that same day. Um, it is astronomically rare for someone to die during this procedure. Like, it was just another day in the in gallbladder land for a surgeon like it's not it was really not major surgery but it's the biggest thing I've ever done but so this woman the the anesthesiologist or no it wasn't the anesthesiologist just one of the nurses she was shaving my stomach and it wasn't a very hairy stomach but oh wait 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 fuck I'm telling the story out of order the anesthesiologist came, she put the IV in, which sucked, and then she's like, okay, I'm going to put in something to relax you, and that, you know, made me sleepy, and she's like, all right, I'm going to put something in to put you out, and then there was another woman who was also there at the same time, um, whose job was to shave my stomach, and... I looked down at her, and this is the last thing I remember before I came to again, is I just said, your job sucks. And then my memory is gone. Now, I assumed when I woke up that that was where I fell asleep. Apparently, that is not so. Surgery happens. Everything's fine. All, you know, no complications. Everything's good. And I come to, and, uh, I'm alone, kind of, like, strapped into a a table that's, like, kind of, imagine Frankenstein, like, I'm up at an angle, and I'm strapped in, and I'm just starting to wake up, and I am still pretty loopy from the chemicals, and, um... I know everyone's experienced dry mouth, but I don't know how long I was out, but I must have had my mouth open the entire time because there was literally no moisture on the inside of my mouth, which is a terrible feeling. It's given me dry mouth just talking about it. And, you know, a a nearby nurse sees me stirring, and she's like, oh, hey, you know... Welcome back to the land of the living. Um, we're going to need you to eat something. Because one thing they need you to do is use the bathroom. Before you leave. Like, that's just a thing. Just to make sure everything's going straight. And, um... And that's the thing, though. Like, so they need to put food in you. They need to see that you can keep down food. That you're not throwing it up. Lots of little things. Um, but I don't remember if I use the bathroom. And that'll come into play later. But 
she's like, oh, hey, you're, you're going to have to try and eat something. And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and she gives me saltines and what she claimed to be ginger ale. Uh, I don't know if you've ever eaten crackers with a dry mouth, but basically I put the saltine in my mouth and it essentially it exploded and coated the inside of my mouth and like my mouth just was not producing saliva. It just wasn't going for it. And um, so like it was one of the most just, just poof, the entirety of the inside of my mouth is just covered in cracker crumbs and I can't get up the spit to like get them to, to, to wash them down so I take a sip of this ginger ale and I the fountain that they got it from it obviously ran out of syrup and it was just raw carbonated water like raw seltzer water and um, I was not ready for that either so that was just terrible And it was not a pleasant experience in any way. And, you know, I'm finishing up my crackers and seltzer water. And the nurse is... For shit's sake, I apologize. And the the, uh, nurse is just like, hey, you know, they had to puff your stomach up with air. Or no, that was a later surgery. I'll, I'll get to that later. But they're like, hey, you know... How you doing? That's good. That's good. Do you remember the breathing exercises we practiced before surgery? And I was like, what? No. And she's like, oh, well, you were very good at them. And then walked away. And I'm just left there still strapped in, still kind of loopy. I'm like, what What breathing exercises? Were they important? Why would you do that? Like, why would you say that and then just walk away? And I, to this day, have no idea what breathing exercises she was going to have me do. Or had me do. And that made me realize that there's at least a small portion of time where I was just blacked out on anesthesia and have no recollection of whatsoever. And um, apparently, I was, like, interacting with people and, like, conversing and apparently learning breathing exercises Um, so there's that, like, there's that portion of my life where I've got, where I was definitely awake, but I have literally no memory of it. So that's, oh God, I'm sorry, guys, I'm boring myself. Jesus, making myself yawn here. So I don't remember using the bathroom before I left. And I don't know if they made me try and I just told them I did or what. But later that evening, I have to pee. But I am having a feeling, or I'm basically having constipation for urinating. Like, I have to pee. I have that I have to pee feeling. But I sit down or stand up and you know, do what I do and have been doing for over 10 years to pee and just nothing is happening. No no pee is coming out. Nothing. 
And you know, the first couple times I try to pee and nothing happens, I don't, you know, I don't worry about it too much. Like, I'm like, hmm, that's weird. Maybe the sight is down or something. And then I'm like, no, no. Wait, sight is down? What the fuck? My brain has just stopped, like, stopped using the correct words. And I'm like, no, maybe, you know, I don't know what I'm feeling. I'll just, whatever, whatever. I'll, I'll just try to pee again later and it'll be fine. And it wasn't fine. Um, I was incapable of urinating to the point where um, nothing is, qu- like, I was in tears frustrated after hours of non-stop, very intense, I have to pee feeling and just sitting on the toilet, straining muscles that I've never had to strain because peeing just happens. You let you release the floodgates and woodoo, there we go. Peeing, everyone. You've been doing it since you were literally an infant. You shouldn't need to know how to make yourself pee when you like so it just it's monstrously frustrating to the point where mom calls the surgeon she's like he can't he can't urinate and so basically what he like that's a fairly it's not an uncommon symptom of coming out of anesthesia is just not being able to urinate and basically what the what the surgeon recommended was peeing the tub uh i they had my mother draw up a warm bath and sit me in it and that did eventually and I was in the bathtub for a little while I did eventually urinate and like I didn't have trouble again then but like it was just it was it was I can comfortably call it a traumatic experience like just it was hours of having that intense, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go feeling, and just nothing happening. And it sucked a lot. A lot, a lot. Um, But then after that, excuse me, I, you know, I went about my business. I'm healing up surgery. I've got stitches around the small incisions where they put the cameras and lasers in me. And, you know, I'm doing my thing. Uh, I miss the only marching band performance I ever missed in my entire high school career due to it. But I still went to the game and I sat in the stands and it was cold. And I caught the flu. So, in like a two-week period, I had an organ removed and caught the flu. And lost like 14 pounds in the process. Uh, Quickest I've ever lost weight. Um, And, uh... It was a rough... It was a rough time, uh recovering from surgery and having a pretty intense flu, it really blew. Um, But one thing I began to experience after 
after I had my gallbladder out was like my stress pains wouldn't happen anymore. But very rarely, maybe it started once a week and it moved a much further uh, time period across. Um, I would get this just intense, intense pain in my stomach area and it was didn't seem to be caused by anything um like it wasn't stress or anything it was just all of a sudden and I could feel it it would build up and then go down so basically it was like you're getting a stomach ache it starts to hurt a little worse and a little worse and then that just wouldn't stop until it was like fuck ow Oh, okay. And then it would continue to go further. And the closest, uh, the closest thing I can have in recent memory to this pain was the, like, weird lactose intolerance pains I've gotten after eating ice cream in the morning. And it's just, I remember my mom finding me in pain, and I'm laying on my bed in, like, a fetal position, just just not crying, but just like, ah, ah, and, um, I remember my mom talking me down, basically, like, she sat with me, and she put her hand on my back, and, um, excuse me, and basically, she had me, she did, um, I was in so much pain, and she had no way of helping. Um, I was nonverbal. I was unable to communicate with her. And so basically, she did the only thing she knew, which was she she taught me Lama's breathing right there, then and there, like the. <sighs> basically, getting my brain to focus on something else. So, like, she had me do basically Lama's breathing and um, to deal with this pain. And it happened a handful of times, and my parents were obviously like, well, if we thought he was faking the first pain that was real, there's no fucking way he's faking this. And um, so only a month or two after I had my gallbladder out, I found myself back in the hospital... to get a laparoscopy to basically get a camera shoved down my throat to see what the fuck's going on and basically oh there's that Taco Bell someday Taco Bell but not today Uh, and basically it wasn't so much that I had stomach ulcers but I had a very similar like a sister condition where I had what was similar to just uh, rug burn on the inside of my stomach walls, and uh, if I had a build extra buildup of acid, it would cont- it, like it would cause me this severe, severe pain. Um, so th- that's that, and uh, basically their answer was like, "There's not much we can do for you. Uh, you can just try and um, isolate the cause." Which turned out to kind of be 
excuse me, I don't know why I'm so tired, to kind of be more of your, uh, your greasy foods, your salty foods, or your sweet, your, just your junk foods. So as I cut them out, those pains went away. So I finally, you know, managed to manage the odd and nearly inexplicable pains that I had in relation to stress and eating. And, um, one thing that I have noticed about myself since I had my gallbladder out, the gallbladder mostly produces and stores bile, which helps break down grease and fat. Um, and, like, I still create bile, like, the liver does that, but it's not nearly at the level I used to. And oh, basically, greasy foods go right through me. They don't process. They just whoop. Like I would go to eat at Wendy's, and before I finished my meal, I would have to use the restroom, and it was not. A fun restroom. It was a nasty. Like basically, I got I would get diarrhea anytime I had super greasy food. That was a fact of my life, and it still is. I just don't really get greasy fast food anymore. And since I've been wow, a rock just hit my windshield, and that scared the shit out of me. Um. fuck, where was I? Like, I'll eat greasy food here and there, but since I'm eating healthier in general, um, that isn't as much of an issue anymore. I apologize, guys. I am, like, really sleepy. I'm transposing words. I'm, like, kind of spacing out on my conversations. I really apologize. Holy shit. I recently had an evaluation at work, and basically it boiled down to, Hey Jeff, why don't you try giving a fuck, and then maybe we'll give you that raise we talked about. Which, I mean, they're not wrong. I've become rather disenfranchised with my job as of late, which, um, you know, it happens. And, uh, it's not so much that I've gained a renewed sense of purpose in my job, but I definitely have regained a newfound sense of purpose to be there for my coworkers in my department. So, but like that also means I'm working harder, and it's I'm even more exhausted than I normally am. So I apologize if these Friday shows become unintelligible as I am driving and speaking while half awake. So. There's that to look forward to. So I'm going to try and keep things more colorful and um, interesting. So hopefully I don't fall asleep while talking to you and driving. That would be a hell of a podcast. Would I ask someone, I'd have to put in my final will and testament, to air the podcast I die in a car accident in. 
going back to my list for uh, topic ideas, I noticed something the other day that is so hypocritical it made me sick sick to my stomach. Um, I saw a couple kids. Uh, I say kids. They could have easily been adults. I saw a couple people uh, cross paths with me on the way into Giant. And they, they had a lot of piercings and tattoos. And I found myself judging them as though they were like shady. Basically, I found myself judging someone for piercings, essentially. And I was like, Jesus Christ, Jeff, you literally just did what people do to you. Like, people see me and all my piercings and whatnot, and they're like, oh, what a ruffian. What a a subpar human being. And I was 100% doing that to somebody else even though I, like, there's no, I'm sure that 20 people in that giant foods thought the same thing about me. Now, granted, I might have picked up on the super white trashy haircut, or the, like, douchebaggy clothes, or the greasy hair. Like, there are lots of little visual cues that just said, ah, this guy's a sleazeball. But, like, it was definitely the piercings that were, like, my brain was like, ah, this guy's pierced up and in this area, he's probably a sleaze McGee's. And I was like, wait, that describes exactly me. I, by that logic, must be a sleaze McGee's. So, I mean, don't judge by a book by its cover. It's a pretty fucking generic story or thing to say. But, yeah, please don't. Because you might find that you're judging someone just like you. Oy, oy, oy. I don't like being sleepy. There's too much shit to get done, you know? I gotta, well, one, I can't fall asleep in my fucking car. I can't fall asleep while recording this podcast because that means I'm in my fucking car. And also, what kind of podcasting would that be? Me asleep driving. And then inevitably, the sounds of a car accident from within. Anyway. Where the fuck was I going? I am such a fucking scatterbrain right now. I literally can't remember what I was speaking about seconds ago. Oh, being sleepy. And like, I know I'm going to get home and my daughter's going to want to, you know, have fun and play and I'm going to be fucking dead to the world. Ugh. And I I consume so much caffeine on such a frequent basis that, like, just a cup of coffee probably wouldn't do enough to give me more energy for more than, like, half hour or so. So that's discouraging. I apologize for the quality of today's episode and for or any, like, just fucking 
basket case shit that come out that came out of my head while I was very sleepy and speaking without a filter. Whoop! There would be the rumble strips. I'm imagining a listener just very tense being deathly afraid that they're going to hear someone die as they uh, fall asleep at the wheel. Um, I wouldn't be too worried, guys. Um, I'm not so much nodding in my, like, nodding in sleepiness. It's just, uh, I'm being very scatterbrained as far as what I've been talking about and things like that. So, there's that. It's not like I'm just sending out, uh, I'm not, oh, fucking A. It's not like I'm in danger of falling asleep and running off the road. Like, what the hell am I talking about? I was about to say, it's not like I'm sending out emails. That's what I do at my job, but, like, that had nothing to do with this conversation. Like, just sentences are flooding, or, like, replacing other sentences in my mind... And my mind isn't catching it. Ugh. Such a weird thing. Ugh. I wish I could have predicted I was this sleepy or would have had a cup of coffee right before we I left work. Fuck. Well, I made it home safely, but not... But definitely in a weird state of mind. Shit. Well, this has been Jeff in Motion. I don't remember what I talked about. That's not a lie. I'm going to go eat some delicious, delicious food. Have a good one. Have a good weekend. See you Monday.